All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good to roll. Welcome to episode 257 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Botano. .ca. And uh, this week, of course, uh, lots of games to key on. But can, if you were uh, if you were watching the NFL yesterday, uh, you'll never know what's going to happen. So uh, the Monday nighter tonight, do not sleep on it. Um, we'll talk about the uh, the Sunday nighter with our Sunday late afternoon game with the Eagles and the Bills yesterday. But the Vikings and the Bears tonight, uh, Justin Fields returns. So uh, whatever game you play, play to Botano.ca, 19 plus, please play responsibly as we uh, welcome in Frank Saravalli from uh, lovely uh, Philadelphia 10 and one a, ten, uh, 10 and one yes a tad rainy uh yesterday mm-hmm. for you and the tie man yeah uh Tyler we first off you mentioned how wet it was I think we also need to separately dry out for a few days after some fun that we had Tyler came down from Edmonton and uh spent the weekend here, the long weekend here with U.S. Thanksgiving, got his first taste of Thanksgiving. So uh pretty awesome weekend capped off by a pretty unreal end to that game. Yeah, not no, for the Bills. No, not uh, not for the Bills. Um, uh, interesting weekend in the National Hockey League. There's there's lots going on, I guess. Let's start with uh, what can you tell us about the Corey Perry situation in Chicago? Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't really have very many details to go on. And... I think it's been difficult to sift through and sort out exactly what's happening. 
But I think what's really clear to me from the Blackhawks side of things is that this is some kind of disciplinary action that's being taken that Corey Perry has. This is a team decision that they've taken him away from the team. And I don't, you know, they, they made, they said for the foreseeable future, I don't know where that leads. I don't know what the end game is. I don't know if that means at some point a return is in order, but this, it seems like a disciplinary decision. And then you see the statement from Corey Perry's agent over the weekend saying that um, he's taking some time away from the team for personal reasons. I know that some people might look at those two differing statements and say, well, this seems like both sides don't have their act together. My answer to that would be, I'm pretty sure that both of those two things can exist in concentric circles. So um, that's, that's the situation as I understand it pretty murky. And I think it's one of those ones where when you have solid information, you'll be ready to report, but I certainly don't have that on my end. Yeah. To me, I I think it's safe to say that, uh, you know, the team felt there's, you know, something occurred here that I don't know what, um, you know, and then uh, Corey Perry decides, hey, I got to I got to step away for personal stuff. So both can happen at the same time. Frank, I think you're bang on. And um, is this a curfew know, situation? Is it more than that? Is it yeah. a team rule? Is it something I, I don't know, but we're, that part is unclear. And part of me really wonders, Frank, uh, because of what happened recently in Chicago that was uncovered. I think that organization will take anything that is remotely, you know, in a gray area. And they will crack down harder maybe than other organizations. You know, they'll be a lot quicker to react to it. Yeah. And I think it's important to to say that I, you know, we don't know what it is and it mm-hmm. may not be linked to that, but let's take a step back. Like if you were running the Chicago Blackhawks, if you're Danny Wirtz, your dad died suddenly and uh, over the summer and leaves you the team and you're the guy in charge. I mean, wouldn't you be on high alert for anything that comes across your plate that's remotely you know, unnerving or, or outside of bounds, like I would be. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So no, that, uh, it makes sense. It, um, you know, hate to say it for the Blackhawks that kind of are where people expect them to be. They're currently in 31st place. This is a, a rebuild. And, you know, some of the veterans, obviously Perry's now gone. You have, um, Taylor Hall who is uh, out for the season. So, uh, Connor Bedard, suddenly Frank, the, uh, the offensive, insulation that he was going to have around him is, is pretty much gone. Hang hang on a sec. Your mic would be picking up the speaker. No. Uh, either way, just kill your mic. Now you did, but I, we might want to listen to the first four minutes or whatever, just to double check. Oh, so there's no feedback. I talked into them before. Running here. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got it. Sorry. You want to just pick up? Yeah. So basically, I just said to you, like, there, his ice, his offensive isolation is gone now with Hall and Perry out. So just going to make it a little bit tougher for him. Okay. Just respond to that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the Blackhawks, especially without those two guys, it certainly leaves. Or derodes, de, is derodes a word? De, it derails. Erodes. Erodes. Way to go, English major. 
uh, it, it certainly erodes the structure that they put into place to try and provide some of that support for him. So that part is tough. And I think kind of the amazing thing about watching Bedard this year is he really is capable of doing a lot of it on his own. Yeah. Um, and I certainly feel less crazy now than I did in the preseason when I said a hundred points, those first couple weeks of the season, I was a little nervous. Like, did we hype this guy up too much? But He's pretty damn good. Now, as far as D Rhodes go, I thought maybe you're making a wrestling uh, reference there for Dusty Rhodes. So I guess technically, you know, somebody has been used D Rhodes before, but it's not, uh, you know, derail and E Rhodes together. I get it. And, you know, it makes sense. I do it all the time. So 17 points in 18 games. He, nothing's nothing's getting deroded for that kid. Yeah. Now, speaking of eroding, Frank, it has not been a good stretch for the Minnesota Wild. They have lost seven in a row um my, from afar my gut i think i'd be surprised if all of a sudden dean evison takes the fall for this uh, knowing bill garen but like anything if it, if it goes on too long but you know this is this is a team last year that i think you know played excellent they they had a group that everybody caught fire their goaltending was very good but they also were playing with basically 15 million dollars in dead cap space that no one else had to deal with and they're doing that again and i really I thought eventually that would catch up to a team. I just, I think it limits your ability to ice a, an equally competitive team this Stanley in the uh, salary cap era. Or do you think that's just a, that's a they think that's bullshit. All right. And, and, and look, I had Bill Guerin on, frankly speaking last week, it, it dropped. And we discussed that at, at length, the idea of the cap situation. And he's like, the players don't care about that. I don't care about that. Is it a real thing? Yes. But, his point was he and he make he made the joke. He goes, the these guys set the bar. It wasn't just one 100 point season. It was two 100 point seasons in a row with massive dead cap space. And when you do that, you've proven that you can play with those limitations and the team is mostly the same this time around. Yeah, they've really missed Jared Spurgeon to start the year, but what what gives like, why are they struggling in the way that they have? Why has their penalty kill been as bad as it's been what the wild are looking at? And I agree with you. I don't think Dean Evison's on the hot seat. Um, I think Bill Guerin believes that D Dean Evison is a good coach. And that part really comes clear in the, in the interview. It's the penalty kill. Uh, they've struggled to defend well, uh, they give up, you know, a lot and the goaltending has suffered as a result. And when you mash all those things together, at least according to Bill Guerin, what surprises him the most is that a lot of it comes down to work ethic and compete. And that's the part that he can't really figure out and or excuse. So that's the real concerning part. And I thought watching that team in Sweden I thought they actually played pretty well in those two games there. They come out with two points, essentially go one and one on the trip and they lose both at one in a shootout, one in overtime. And they got some good penalty killing and they got some saves. And I was thinking, okay, maybe this is a spot where this team will turn the corner. And then they come back, have most of the week off, lose to the abs, lose to the red wings. I mean, they're just, they're not putting it together and it's starting to get late early for a team that is in 14th place in the West and has now been passed by the Oilers. 
Yeah, the the benefit for the Wild is the uh, the race Central in the division West. isn't very good. Well, not even the benefit for the Oilers too, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll say this today, Frank. The Oilers are making the playoffs, right? If you look at the teams in the wild card race, St. Louis is the only team over five hundred through the first quarter of the season. It's mush. Yeah. So Straight I, up mush. Like, yeah, like, do you think the do you think any of these teams are gonna have trouble passing the Blues, Kraken, Preds, Coyotes? I mean, now the Ducks. Yeah, well, the That's Ducks why are the in... door is wide open for a team like Calgary, who's playing way better. No, I, I think Calgary and Edmonton definitely have a legit shot. Like Nashville's on the heater right now. They've won five in a row to get back to five hundred. And but when I look across the board, top to bottom to Nashville, I'm like, they're gonna have to rely on a lot of guys, young players. So um, I, I think eventually, you know, Edmonton and, you, you know, your interview on Frankly Speaking with Doug Armstrong is the one that just makes me wonder, you know, what does St. Louis do? Now, Jake Neighbors has, has kind of found his game at the NHL. Like a lot of young guys, it takes a while, but he's on a little bit of a heater. And that's what you need sometimes from a team that was planning, maybe, Frank, to to continue retooling, where all of a sudden, if your young players play well, you can't control that as a manager. Right. Like you're in a tough spot because you're like, well, geez, maybe we'd like another year where I trade off some guys. No, but- I don't. I don't think the blues are going to flinch. I don't. I personally, the interview didn't drop yet, but I had a very similar conversation 20 minutes before talking to, to Doug Armstrong. I sat down with Barry Trotz and, and that one that frankly speaking will drop soon. And he essentially says a very similar thing. We had to refocus and, and, make some tough decisions. The Preds did a lot of their selling last year at the deadline. Yeah. I I don't know that there's that much more to sell, but the Preds aren't really focused on being a playoff team this year, but they see the value, and so does St. Louis, in these sort of mid-size NHL markets to remain competitive at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to sweep the legs out from under their, their players, but can Soros kind of lift you there single-handedly into the playoffs? Maybe he might. He's that good, right? And um, well, and right now there's lots of teams that, that have a chance. Uh, there's no question about it. The, the difference between Minnesota is like, I, I like Minnesota doesn't have McDavid, right? Or dry stuff. That's just a fact. And so, um, Connor McDavid, you have Kaprizov, and where has he been? Yeah, well, you know, hey, this he's is a, real... a guy that two years ago we we're talking about in the Hart Trophy race. Yeah, well, guys, where, can what's do... happened to him? He you doesn't know, control it, and dominate play the way that he used to. After watching Connor McDavid up close, Frank, where the best player in the world at times was even battling his con- like his effort. If you look at all of his underlying numbers, he was doing lots of things right. But even even him, who who kind of scores in the NHL for fun, it almost looks like. I know it's super hard work for him to do it that regularly, but watching McDavid and a guy who, when he scored that goal from the goal line. On the on the one timer in Florida, like literally, Frank, it was like an anvil removed from him, and all of a sudden he was fast again, and he had all this speed, and he's blown by guys, and you're just like, geez, even the best player in the league might battle for a time with some confidence issues, right? And and it could weigh you down, and so I, I do because Kaprizov, the one thing about Kaprizov was Frank, like he was dangerous almost every shift, or at least every second shift, and he would do something to make you go, what? Like he made the wild exciting which is really hard to do. And he just doesn't have that right now. So if you look at his, it's the goal scoring to me that is shocking. If you look at his numbers and he came into the league in a shortened year, 27 goals in 55 games, that's a 40 goal pace. So he went 40, then the next year, 47. And then the following year, 
40 goals in 67 games, which is a 49 goal pace. So 40, 47, 49. He's on track for 27 this year. Yeah. Hey man. It's, and uh, he's getting paid big boy money. Like you can't on a team with, with cap issues and you devote that much coin to him. He's got to be, he's got to take over games. He's got to carry yeah. you on his back. And like I was looking at his, yeah, he's just the, the finish isn't there for him, right? Like his shooting percentage is half of what it normally is half. So, so you, you would know, think he, that turns around at some point, right? You, you would think yes, that at some point, you know, here and, and his shooting percentage was like, we're talking around 16, right? It's not like he was at 20, but now dry saddle maintains a 20. Cause that's just what he is. But, you know, I think that's kind of who Kaprizov is. He's obviously an elite scorer. As you mentioned the goal scoring numbers, but he has got what six goals in 19 games and he's got 68 shots, Frank. Like if you, you know, you, you, you prorated it, it's down a little bit from, from what he was uh, the last few years. So he probably needs to shoot more too, but it's, it's not like it's down half like his shooting percentages. Yeah. Uh, I think the wild can get back in it because of all the things that we just talked about. They were a really streaky team last year. Like mm -hmm. they had some big, big skids and big streaks. And maybe that's not the same, but I just look at the rest of the, the wild card standings right now. Like I think you can pretty much lock in the top three in each division. And if that's the case and you've got one team over 500 for two spots, I mean, pen, probably pencil in the Oilers. And then it's probably between Minnesota and Calgary for the next one. Right? Yeah. I think you can make an argument, Frank, you'll, you'll have a much better sense of the wild in their next eight games because they play St. Louis. They play Nashville. They play Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, right? Then and Calgary again twice. So that's six out of eight. They got Chicago and Vancouver in, in the other games there. And Chicago right now is a team you should beat. But so they have those six head to head against the teams: Edmonton, Calgary, Seattle, Nashville, St. Louis. They're all battling for them. You know, to me, you've you've got to win more than three of those games head to head. I think you have oh, yeah, to. Yeah, you got to win five. Yes, and so I think that's. I think Wild fans will know by December fifteenth. Where the, legit, I think their odds obviously are a little bit lower right now. There's no question the way they're going, but the next eight games, that's going to be their season, honestly. Because if you if you get too far behind, then now it's just now you're into the middle of December, right? And yeah, well, I know. Uh, I've been saying that for the Oilers too. If they yeah. don't, if they don't get to level ground, I said by they really need to get to level ground by by the midway point. Forty one oh, yeah. points in forty one games that. They're not really that far away from doing that now. No, the, the thing about Edmonton is, Frank, that as much, and, and I wrote about it, everybody was talking about their goaltending, rightfully so, and their goals against, and rightfully so. But the one element of their game that wasn't good was their offense, right? Like Connor McDavid, after 14 games, Frank, was less than a point a game player. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. He was 108th in scoring last uh, Sunday night. So last Monday morning, a week ago. He's in the top 20 now, right? No, now he's tied for now he's tied for 13th. He's technically 16th because of goals, right? And so yeah, he's went from 108th in four games to 16th. I mean, that's hey. what nine points yes. in two games will do for you. Yeah. Well, he's got 12 and three, and he gets going. And and so, like, did you see Leon Leon Dreisettle hit on his one timer last night? 
he had he had fanned on one timers before, so it wasn't like they weren't getting him. He was he was fanning on it, which he normally doesn't do. Like if you miss the net, that's one thing, right? Like Brett Hall always said, he goes and Adam Oates said the reason Brett Hall was so good as a one timer was he might not have he never missed the puck, right? And Drysaddle was actually fanning on it, which I hadn't seen in four years. Like so, the order still there's and question the power marks play gets going, and the power right? play looks to, just from Washington alone looked totally different. Oh, yeah. They got against the Caps team that was 96% in their previous 11 games. And then they the destroyed them. Yeah. Three goals on, on four chances in the, in the second period alone. So, you okay. Know what? So, it, so, let me let me throw this at you. Are the Oilers back? Yes or no? I think, yeah, I think they're probably very close. Like, they're still, I'm still not in love with their, their team defense, Frank. I need to, I've said this before. I need to see for a month that they are committed to playing sound defensive hockey. So what's your confidence level on a one to 10 scale of them making the playoffs? No, that they're back, back to being a solid team. I would say maybe like an eight, seven and a half. It's pretty, still pretty high. Yeah. Like they're Stuart Skinner's played better. No question. Right. Like you look in, in five of their last eight games, Frank, they've, they've allowed seven goals combined. They've won all those games. Like now granted they beat some of the, uh, the the weaker teams as far as offense goes in those stretches. So Val, they had a two nothing lead, they blew it in Florida. They had a two nothing lead, they blew it in Tampa. So you know the the Carolina game, they're a terrible matchup for Carolina. The Canes kind of beat them for fun, and they did again. But you know, to me, the big game is they got Vegas on Tuesday, a scheduling advantage because it's Vegas third game in four nights, second of a back to back, and then they got the red hot Jets on Thursday, and then the orders kind of have like a, a mini bye week where they got five days between games. They play Thursday and don't play again until the following Wednesday. And the, the one thing that has improved a lot uh, under Chris Knobloch, and, and, and uh, you know, I, I liked his answer about it. He goes, hey, it's a little bit of luck. But their penalty kill, which was atrocious in seven games, is now 89.6. And they're actually net 100% because they've allowed three power play goals, but they've scored three shorthanded goals. So uh, I think Edmonton, like if you look at the wild card teams, Frank, and, and, and I had to rank them, Amongst the, uh, you know, the, the, what is it? The eight teams that are battling for those two spots, St. Louis, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Nashville, mini Arizona, Anaheim. I would rank Edmonton first as far as the team with the best chance to make the playoffs. I would agree. Yeah. So the teams to me that are interesting are St. Louis, Calgary, and we mentioned the Preds and you talked about Barry Trotz. They've won five in a row and they have UC Saros and no question in my mind, UC Saros is the best goalie on any of those teams. And we saw Sorokin last year. He almost drugged the Islanders in. I wonder, can UC Saros drag the Predators to the playoffs? He could. But I would say of all those teams you just mentioned, isn't the real nightmare scenario what's going on in Calgary? No. <laughs> you have this team that stumbles out of the gate. Now they seem to be playing over these last couple of weeks like the team that many of us thought they could be. And they've got all these pending UFAs that they could cash in on and begin to reboot things and do things a little bit differently. But now they're squarely in the playoff race. And in fact, the percentages might point to them being a playoff team. Oh yeah. Do you have to, if you're, if you're Craig Conroy, do you have to give this team the rope to get in or do you, have you seen enough to this point in the season where you can say, 
we might get in, but we're not a threat. And we need to do things a little bit differently here because the last thing you want to do is either have guys walk for nothing or maybe even worse than that, commit term and dollars to them. And then you become the Islanders of the West. It's a fair question. I, I love your comparison to the Islanders of the West. Uh, although I think the flames top to bottom have more talent. Uh, yeah, but the, the Islanders, Islanders at least had something you could hang their hat on, which is we went to the final four two years in a row. The Flames don't even have that. They have no, no playoff success to speak of. Yeah, that's that's totally valid. The difference in Calgary, though, is, Frank, you know, like, Mangiapane is young. You know, they brought in Sharon Govich. He's played well. You know, Connor's already Like, big. I don't look at any of these guys, and I'm like, you're young. Well, man, I, well, you don't. I look at He's Sharon Govich. He turns 28 in April. Yeah, it's yeah, but young. He, well, compared to the Islanders, that's what well, I meant. Like, the I Islanders mean, made no changes. Like at least Calgary's brought in some new faces in the last year or two, right? Like Possible Sills, twenty-four. He's young. Connor Zari, Dylan Dubé. Like they've got. And they're going to continue guys. to sprinkle those guys in all year, which I think is yeah. a real positive. Yeah, but to if me, the, they get in, if are they a threat? Probably not. They're a bad matchup for Edmonton, right? And so, and they're a bad matchup for for Vegas or Vegas and Edmonton. Sorry, are bad matchups for Calgary. That's their. That's so is, their so issue. is L.A. and so is like yeah. go through the list. Yeah. No, I I think the challenge is going to be Frank. They've got all their UFAs at a position that usually lots of teams are in dire need of, right? Noah Hannafin, solid defender. Chris Tanev, just like a, a really good defender. You know, he'll be 34 next year. So I doubt his cap but is going to be. Just give him, just all you need is a playoff run from Chris Tanev. Like, I'm, you're not trying to get married. You're just trying to date. No, that's what I mean. Exactly. He's got lots of value. I think Zadorov at 6'6, 248 and pretty mobile, he has a lot of value. So the problem for the Flames is they've got lots of value pieces, but I don't think they want to lose all of them because you can't just go out and, oh, Hey, look, here's another NHL defenseman on this tree that grows in the backyard and you can just pull yeah. them off. Like it doesn't yeah, I was happen. talking so. to a GM this weekend and he goes, I would love to drop my pants and just shit out two really good defensemen, but that's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. No, no. Like it's uh it, it crushes an organ. Like look, look at on a totally different for different reasons. Look at Edmonton. They lost Oscar Clefbaum. Because he had a, he had arthritis in his shoulder, nothing you can do. It had a really good contract, and Adam Larson's father passed away in Edmonton, and it was emotionally too tough for his mom to ever come back to Edmonton. So he left in free agency. Like th those are your two of your top four defensemen gone in the span of a year. You can't replace them. You're still trying to find a replacement for Adam Larson four years later, three years later. Like it's they they lose Tanev, Hannafin, and Zadorov. Where the, who are they replacing them with? What like? dreads on free agency like it's not happening but that's why i said the playbook has to be what the canucks did right we don't know the full extent of everyone that's available the fact that they got philip Peronic and and did things quickly not just executing the trade but taking the the trade chip from bo horvat's deal and then flipping it that's that's the playbook, I think. Easier said than done, maybe. Well, but we don't know what's say. out there and what's what's available. The full True. extent of it. There's guys like that every year that pop up that are like, man, I 
I didn't know Sean Dersey would be moving from the LA Kings. Sean Walker? Yeah. Yeah. Sean Walker was a cap casualty for a team that had too many right shot defensemen. No, but, but, but a if, fair if you, point. If you're the Philadelphia Flyers, though, there's another guy you probably want to sell high on. Of course. Yeah. Because people were looking at him before going, not entirely sold. This guy can play. Like, let's look at the teams, Frank. Tampa Bay, Toronto. I think Edmonton needs a right pair defenseman. Like, there's there's lots of teams that are in the win now mode. And, and maybe even Colorado with the Sam Girard uh, announcement, right? That are, these are all teams that are looking for defensemen. And so all you have two or three. Everyone's looking for defensemen. Yeah. But like, I like there's some teams even that the be bad willing teams to- are like, hey, we need a defenseman. Yeah. The Anaheim but- Ducks are like, hey, we need a defenseman. Yeah. But they don't, they're not going to be paying first rounders. You know what I mean? Like, they, no, those but other what I'm teams- saying is like, look at, they had to go out this summer and sign guys. Yeah. Oh, they're hard to find. Right. So, no, I think Calgary's – you're right. Calgary's in a tough spot because I think in that market, kind of like – I don't know if – like I've seen mixed reports from fans about, yeah, okay, we you know, we'd commit to a rebuild. I just when, – when people say that, I, I don't think they really understand the depth and, and how painful it can be. Like a rebuild is like, oh, we win Connor Bedard. That's what people always think of the best-case scenario. You win Connor well, it Bedard. is the best case scenario, but it's a probably a three percent chance. But first of all, there's no Connor Bedard in this in this draft. Is my point. right? Some years you win the lottery and you get Nail Yakupov. <laughs> yeah, good example. Some years you win the lottery and you get Austin Matthews or Connor Bedard or Connor McDavid. Like it's timing, it's luck, it's uh, you know prudent maneuvering with trades. Like it's it's all those things. But St. Louis and Calgary and Nashville all have something in common. They have some elite pieces that they're never really going to bottom out. And they also all happen to play in a market that I don't think would tolerate eight years of darkness. Chicago is different. They won three Stanley Cups in the last 10 years. Yeah. Or 13 years. You could probably sell a fan base and say, you know what? We have to do this. We have no choice. And they didn't have anything else to build around. The The flames are stuck with for better or for worse with Huberto, probably Uyghur, probably Kadri. And at least for the short term, Jacob Markstrom, the blues have Cairo and Thomas and Braden Shen and the four defensemen that all have no trade clauses. And Jordan Bennington's long-term deal. They're not bottoming out. The Preds have Roman Yossi and UC Soros. And go like you can work your way backward and see, hey, which teams are are can do the tear it down to the studs and which can't. And oh, by the way, Nashville, St. Louis, Calgary, mid-size NHL markets that when the team is no good, no one shows up. Yeah. Wow. And all you got to do is look at the pending UFA list for defensemen, Frank. Like, obviously, we mentioned, you know, Tanev, Hannafin, and Zadorov in Calgary. They'll be three of the top D men on the market, right? Tyler Myers is there. Um, Brady Shea would obviously be at the top if he goes. Then you've got Walker. Tyson Berry is a very good power play guy if you want him. Uh, Dylan DeMello, pretty sound defender. Alexander Carrier in Nashville, pretty solid. Um, you know, then you got guys like Gustav Forsling, probably underrated a lot in, in Florida. 
Yeah, um, someone like, from Florida is going to have to go, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Like well, they're, I mean, not at the deadline. I think they're probably just going to keep them. But between Forsling and Reinhardt and and all those guys that they have on their, their crew, like you're not going to be able to keep all of them, are you? No. Well, what about Carolina? Brett Pesci. He's yeah, also, he, he's, a, he's a great one. But he's another guy that I don't think they're going to trade because they're in win-now mode. Oh, I mean, yeah, what no, do you Car- pay Brendan Montour? That's a really good question. Like, I think he had a career. 73 points last year. It just, it was kind of out of the clear blue sky. His previous career high was 37. Yes. It's a one-off. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying Branham on tour for, I would need, he would need to score. And I know he started injured, but he had to be at a pace that puts him similarly around 60 plus points this year, right. On an 82 game season pace for me to even consider it. And, you know, he's a smaller defenseman, Frank, as you said, historically, you know, decent puck mover some will say hey he emerged he got an opportunity they didn't have before and, and there's some validity to that but I, i'd be no, cautious I think he was always a good player and i think his confidence yeah. was shattered in buffalo but when you looked back on his days in anaheim like that guy seemed to be elite and then he the buffalo traded a lot for him and he didn't pan out because yeah. they broke him yeah, well, I want to see what he does this year in Florida. Like, I think obviously Florida want to keep him, but it, you know, there'll be some defensemen available, Frank, for sure. But like anything, usually free agency is where you overpay, especially in the first 72 hours. You know who's also looking for a defenseman? Toronto. The to- Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, they got the cap space right now with John Klingberg. Yeah, and that's probably the best situation that they could have hoped for. They took a flyer on John Klingberg. I would argue that they were flat earthers or deniers in watching him for the last 18 months to decide that that's how they wanted to allocate 4.1 million. Nonetheless, it's not all that often that you make a big mistake like that and then get a reprieve in the same season, let alone six, seven weeks in. Yeah. Wow, I, I look at Toronto. They're currently they wake up today, Frank, and they're in the uh, the eighth, eighth spot. spot. Yeah, they're in. Not in I don't want to say trouble because I also think this part is true. If we say it over and over and over again that whatever happens in the regular season doesn't mean anything in Toronto, how long until the players just start believing that? Uh, and I don't want to say they go on autopilot, but if we're if we're really going to authentically sit here and say that then that means it should also be true. Well, I think in Toronto's case, I, I always say this, the regular season matters because if you don't get in, trust me, okay, like, and, and there's no guarantee. Like I, I looked at Tampa Bay as a team that was very, they made the cup final. Toronto's never done that. They made the cup final in 15, lost on second round 60, then missed the playoffs, not by my dead 94 points, but they still missed the playoffs. No chance. Right. Then 18, losing the first round. 19, best team that we'd seen in decades, losing the first round. Like there's, it's not like there's ever a quick fix. So Toronto's window is open, but there's, you know, there's no guarantee that they get in. The East is pretty competitive now. I still think Philly and Detroit, you know, Toronto's better than them and uh, they will, uh, they will find themselves. Now they are ahead in, uh, of, of, uh, in Philly, but they're in Philly's in the Metro. But I still think, you know what, like the Metro division's the one, Frank, that's interesting to me because, Washington, New York, Pittsburgh. Like, if I had to guess today, I'd still guess Pittsburgh out of those three uh, who could give Philly the best run for the number three spot. You don't really think the Flyers are actually in the mix, do you? 
I think they'll like, be in the like mix. Fifty ranked. games from now, will we be saying the Flyers are in the mix? No, not fifty. No, I don't think so. Okay, but look, like, are the like the thing about Philly is like how good are the Islanders, right? Now the Devils are the other team that's going to come on. I forgot them, obviously, because of all their injuries, right? Meyer yeah, was I out mean that's the big out. one, right? That you're I looking at going. Up. Hey, they've really struggled with their injuries to Hughes and Heesher. Heesher comes back on Saturday. They maul the Buffalo Sabres, who had only 12 shots in that game. And they Buffalo, did. to me, is, an, is a fascinating team. And by the way, keeping a real close eye on Patrick Kane and his situation early this week, um, there seemed to be some hint over the weekend that he, he might be picking the Sabres. Uh, yeah. That part obviously isn't confirmed. We talked last week about um, the Florida Panthers potentially being a, a front runner for his services. I think there's been a bunch of teams in the mix. I know he's narrowed down his list. I, I don't know where he goes. I don't know where he ends up, but I, I think the Sabres are a fascinating fit. I just, that team is perplexing to me this year. I thought they'd be taking a much bigger step and they haven't. No, well, I cautioned everybody to start. I said, remember that they were 31st in five-on-five goals against last year. That's a real – you look every year, Frank. There's teams that can be top 10, top 8 in goals that don't make the playoffs. But I, th I think out of the 16 teams, it's been 15, um, 15 of the top 16. And then there was like 19 of the top 16 all make the playoffs. Like you got to be a better team defensively five-on-five, five, and that's their challenge. And then you throw in the fact that their best player's out. I still think they're a team that's, you know, that's young enough where it's harder for them to overcome the loss of their best player than it would be for like Boston or other teams like that. Yeah, I agree. I just, so I love playing this game, but like, let's say that the Bruins, Panthers, Rangers, and Hurricanes, and probably the Lightning and Leafs are locked in. That That's six. Yeah. Who get, who's getting the last two spots? I still think Pittsburgh gets in. And did you say the Devils? I didn't because yeah. they're so far back right yeah. now. Well, I, I'll put the Devils in. Like they're they're four points behind. Um, you know the wild card spot. They'll 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 get in. They're what are they? Yeah, they're hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. Yeah. 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Four points behind the Flyers with two games in hand. So I don't, I don't have much concern about New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, I think I think they're that good. Like, so you take your three best fours out of the lineup, Frank. I don't care who you are. That's uh, you're, you're going to struggle. So yeah, and that's what we saw. So as so, long as you and Meyer and he sure come back and they're healthy and they're ready to go, the Devils. I don't have any concern of them now. I also didn't have the Devils as a legit cup contender because I think there's a lot of youth on their back end. Come playoff time, that's not a recipe for success. I agree, but I think they're a lock playoff team. Okay, so we mentioned the John Klingberg deal and. You could then potentially make Brad True Living our Crown Royal generous guy of the week. And Crown Royal reminds you to uh, reminds you that generosity lives in all the small things. Crown Royal, crown everything. But I'm going to go in a different direction for generous guy this week. I'm going to go with Kale McCarr, the okay. Calgary kid. He invites down the Snow family for a game against the Calgary Flames. And not only that, but gives uh, Chris Snow's two kids willa and cohen signed jerseys with a nice message on the back uh obviously that's a story that hit everyone in the hockey world pretty hard and you you think chris snow and you think calgary flames but nice to see other teams branching out and inviting the snows down for a game in denver uh cohen snow reading the uh lineup card in the locker room pregame as well pretty cool scene over the weekend all right, uh, my uh, my generous guy, of course, um, coming off of uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, one of the one of the greatest movies of all time. Of course, now it wasn't necessarily around Thanksgiving, but it's around the holidays, Frank, and you get it. And I'm I, I don't know if if Tyler like does Tyler know who Neil Page is or Del Griffith? Like I would like no. to think he would. Two of uh, the greatest characters uh, ever in a comedy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with. Uh, uh, John Candy and Steve oh, Martin. Good. And so essentially it's like you two were you two. I'm going to give Frank the generous guy this week. Cause he was kind of Whoa. playing the role of Neil page where, uh, you know, he welcomes in uh, uh, Tyler, uh, you know, a trans a Canadian uh, lost in the American wilderness of Thanksgiving, probably, uh, you know, a little scared to walk into a mall on a black Friday or not. And, uh, and then he invites him in, gets all the fixings for the dinner, goes golfing in, in, uh, in late November, which Canadians never get to do for the most part. And then uh, takes him to a game, gets like field passes for uh, his favorite team, the Bills, taking on the Eagles. It's a back and forth game. I'm sure for a lot of that game, your Remchuk's in there just crushing the beer, celebrating life because the Bills were up. And then uh, Jason Elliott comes and kicks one 59 yards, which is a real kick in the junk for uh, for Ty. And then Hertz wins it. So then Frank has to tuck him in on a Sunday night, uh, probably a little uh, sideways. Uh, to ensure that he's good to go and wrap up what's a, a pretty cool trip. So uh, Frank is my generous guy uh, and uh, channeling his inner Neil Page. Now, Neil Page and Del Griffith, anybody who's watched Planes, Trains, and all those, you guys might be the different personalities, I would say. Than yeah, the I would be the John Candy of that. 100%. Uh, you, know, Ty can, you know, Ty's not as anal, but I could see Ty, you know, in an airport, you know, reaming out the uh, the car rental lady if he doesn't get his rental right, right? So I could see, like, Ty's got that kind of quiet, all of a sudden snap ability. So I could see him pulling a little bit of a Neil Page. Well, thanks. I I never really 
thought that would be an option to be considered the generous guy. Uh, well, there you go. It was a great, we had a great weekend down here. Ty's sitting five feet to my left here. Yeah. Um, at one point, like, so we're on the sidelines and the bills are warming up and Tyler looks at his girlfriend and he goes, this is the best day of my life. It was pretty sweet. Um, we had a really, really good time. Frank took me on like an Eastern world tour or whatever, because we were obviously in Philly, hanging out at your house with your family for Thanksgiving. We were in Atlantic city at one point we were golfing. Then we were um, out to watch the football game. You took me to the beach and I got to walk around the beach and watch the waves come in. Oh, it was just, it was an unbelievable five days, I guess. Five days. I also flew by. We did a lot. Yeah. Oh, we, see, crammed, there you go. we crammed a lot in. So we, yeah, we had, we definitely had some fun. Probably need to dry out for a few days. Yeah. Tyler is not really a good influence on my liver. No, I am not. Uh, well, why don't we bring, why don't we bring him in then for a little addition? I don't even know if it's filling the. I think it's buy or sell today. You are correct. It is buy or sell this week, and it is delivered by DoorDash. Frank and I used DoorDash last night, and in true Philly fashion, I got a cheesesteak delivered to drown my sorrows after uh, and soak up a few. But things then the Oilers the were on, on, and then Tyler was sitting on my couch cheering with a McDavid goal, and I was like, oh, you know, the Bills lost, but all seemed to be right in the world last night. <laughs> At least one sports team didn't completely rip out my soul. Uh, if you're one of our Canadian listeners, you can download the DoorDash app today and get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you use the promo code NATION25. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's start with this. One of the headlines from the weekend that was kind of making the rounds on Twitter Jacob Truba swinging his stick at Trent Frederick. Some would say maybe accidentally, but regardless, he got just a $5,000 fine. Frank, I'll start with you. Are you buying or selling on just a fine for Jacob Truba? I'm selling. The Evgeny Malkin stick swing in frustration a couple years ago got him two games. Should have been at least one. Now knowing what we know, there's no excuse. I, I don't care if you don't fully connect or not. If you're swinging your stick like that out of anger or frustration, you deserve at least a game. Well, the, the ref's standing right there. What the hell? And then people are like, well, he's off balance, this or that. Yeah, guess what? What's the there's an actual rule? You need to be in control of your stick, right? That's why you get double minors and high sticking all the time. To me, it was a farce that he only got a fine. I couldn't believe it. Like I watched the replay and I'm like, okay, I gotta see this again. Like, how is this not a suspension? What am I missing? And I watch it, and you're breaking it. Oh, people, look, he's, you know, the one angle they had kind of, oh, he's off balance. Then I look, and I'm like, when you're off balance, you're not swinging like that. I'm sorry. I, he got away with one big time. And uh, when the boss, Trent Frederick's tough, man, make no mistake. When uh, Boston plays the Rangers next, that's going to be much-watched TV to me because I think the Bruins have a culture in that organization for a long time. They take no BS. They take no shit. And uh, Trent Frederick is more than willing to stand up for himself. I think there'll be some uh, some uh, uh, retribution. I'm not saying Trub is going to lose or anything because he's a pretty tough guy, but uh, I can't believe he didn't get fined. By the way, this week also uh, the Leafs play the Bruins again for the first time since Marchand stood there and beaked their bench, and their coach ripped them for lack of response. Will there be any response this week? Keep an eye on that. Yeah. That will be interesting. Um, a couple of really good games this week. Sticking with the Rangers, though, for uh, the second buy or sell question. They lead the Eastern Conference in points percentage. They're getting scoring. They're getting heart trophy level production from a guy like Artemi Panarin. Obviously, Igor Shesterkin back looking good. Jonathan Quick giving them good backup starts. I'm going to go ahead and say the Rangers are the beasts of the East. They are the best team in the Eastern Conference in terms of 
power ranking Stanley Cup contenders. I think it is the New York Rangers in the one slot. Jason, you buying or selling on that? I'm buying. I like the like. Tell me what's the Rangers' weakness? The defense is good. They got a great goaltender. They got lots of offense. They got good depth scoring. They got size. I I don't really see a a major weakness in this in, in their game at all. And I think they have a, a realistic chance to win their first presence trophy since 1994 when they won two out of three years in 94 and 92. So uh, I like, I like the Rangers team a lot. I, uh, um, you know, they'll obviously want to add something at the deadline like most teams do. But right now I look at their, their decor. Um, I would probably want a little bit more of a banger in their, in their third pair instead of Gustafson. Right. But that's just me come playoff time. But overall, there's not a lot to complain about the rain. They've been pretty consistent. Like they're on a heater now, eight, one, and one. But prior to that, they were seven and two. Like they've been, they've been really good. Frank, buying or selling Rangers as the number one cup contender in the East. I'm going to sell. Uh, I like the Rangers, but I would take the field. Um, I like Boston and what they've done this year. Hard to argue that their goaltending isn't good enough to carry them there like the Rangers has been. I think top to bottom, the Bruins' defense core is better, which says a lot because the Rangers have looked pretty stout. I think the Rangers have better high end or higher end, but I think from top to bottom, the Bruins are there. And Honestly, I can't really argue with the Florida Panthers and their start because think about how much better they're getting right now with Ekblad and, Mo- and Montour coming back. Like That offense has been legit. Sam Reinhardt has been a beast. Matthew Kachuk is there. They already got to the cup final, and they know what that feels like and that experience is. So I'd have a hard time saying right at this moment in time that the Rangers are clear-cut anything better than Florida or Boston. Fair as well. Uh, all right. We are almost at in December, which is wild that 2023 is coming to a close right away. We will see a significant trade before 2023 ends. Frank, you buying or selling on a big deal in the next five weeks? Buy. I think the Leafs have some money to burn. I think at some point we'll get some clarity on the flame situation. And by the way, I think if the flame, if the Leafs are going to pick one defenseman off the flames roster, it wouldn't be Zadaroff. It would be Tanev. Um, I would say the hurricanes are always up to stuff. Um, the Tampa Bay lightning could be in a spot to make a move. Will the Sabres or wild or one of these other teams, the Sens, will they make a trade to sort of get them out of the spot that they're in? I think perfect timing this week with my first trade targets coming out later this week. Um, there will be some action before new year's Eve. Okay. Well, I got the Christmas freeze uh, to me is, is where I think if so that's 26 days. Um, I'd love it, but I sense there's so many teams up against it with very limited cap space. And there's lots of teams that are still in it because uh, in the West, it's as you know, it's a, it's a soft mush. And so I'm going to say, I'm going to sell. And I think uh, come early January, is when uh, we'll start to see teams uh, have a more realistic realization of who they are. The Christmas freeze should last a month, and then we'd probably get a flurry of activity. If you started it on like December, you're stealing 14th, my idea. We've both talked about this. No, before. that's that's BS. You're stealing my idea. I said that we should have a second trade deadline and make it 
not not the 20th, but make it like December 15th or something. And then you can't make any trades from December 15th to February 15th. And so if you don't get your business done, then you have an injury, you have what it doesn't matter. You had an opportunity from the start of the season till December 15th. And then you can't trade again until February 15th. Think about it like the European soccer transfer windows where there's two of them. And those are the only two times you can kind of do your business all year. That's it. That's the key to success to making trades happen is give GMs a deadline. They need something, a little push. Because I'm convinced, Jay, and I don't know about you, I'm convinced if there was no deadline in March that we wouldn't see any trades. <laughs> uh, they do love to uh, to wait uh, to make moves. There's no question about that. But I'm not sure. I lo- like, I love the theory of that idea. I don't like the practicality. All of a sudden, I get an injury that I'm, hey, my team's going to get three injuries. between. Well, that's December why it's never going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So the same guys that don't do anything are going to be the same guys complaining, oh, my God, you're taking my ability away to do something. <laughs> All right. That is a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell Delivered by DoorDash. Remember that promo code top of your screen, Nation at 25, gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. I may be the generous guy this week, but I ain't that generous. You're not taking my idea. I'll now. calm down. Uh, what about the uh, Detroit Red Wings, Frank? Just when you, uh, you know, if people think they're out, the Red Wings reel you back in. Yeah, they won three in a row since uh, since getting back on uh, American I'm not a believer. They got themselves in the playoffs. Like, but is this Shane Gossifair has had a ridiculous season, by the way? Yeah. Hey, and by the way, pending free free agent. But is Detroit? Are they going to be just good enough to stay in the mix, Frank, and then miss the playoffs by two to four points? Potentially. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm just, I, I watched that team again, you know, closely in Sweden. Like I'm just, I'm not, I, I don't, they, they don't strike me as a team that has the goods to get there, but I also didn't see this season playing out the way that it has for the Sabres, for the Devils, for the cat. I mean, even, you know, the caps in a, in a good way, the penguins, like there's been a lot of things that I think have happened this early season that are, I don't want to say outliers because every year we get six to seven things that happen that no one really saw coming. I just, I, I've said it all along and I'll be consistent. I just don't like the the Red Wings defense, but that's me. No, no, that's fair. I, uh, they're an interesting team to watch. I love it. Frankie, uh, have a good week. Um, you and Ty, uh, have fun, get a nap in and, uh, we will chat with you guys, uh, later this week. Just not together. I'm going to drop him off at the airport later. Yeah. Okay. Those aren't pillows. Hi, I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter. It's innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. (laughs) 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.